Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Monday evening. Big day on Saturday for our egg producers. Always great to have a cabinet member in our states who had egg secretary Sonny Perdue here in North Dakota. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But I'm going to start tonight with the deadly synagogue shooting that took place near San Diego because there is a North Dakota connection. A gentleman by the name of Oscar Stewart, he was an Army veteran. He's a person that actually rushed the shooter in the synagogue, then chased the shooter out of the synagogue. So thank God for him and his bravery. And I mean that because also Mr. Stewart served in the North Dakota Army Guard in Lisbon in the 142nd Engineers A Company. So here's some of what Mr. Stewart had to say shortly after the shooting. I don't think I'm a, a brave person. Oscar Stewart says he saw Ernest open fire from the back of the room, and he ran toward him, shouting at him. That's when Ernest turned around and ran. They say I saved lives. I don't know if I saved any lives. I just, I just did what, what I did. Absolutely horrific event, so please keep uh, those people in your thoughts and prayers, and thank you to Oscar for going out there and having the bravery to save lives on Saturday and the last day of Passover. And of course, thank you for your courage and bravery for serving our great nation. All right, let's move on to Ag on Saturday. And thank you to Senator John Hoven for bringing Secretary Purdue into our great state. Also, thank you to Peterson Farm Seed for hosting this big roundtable event they had out there at ProSeed with the Secretary. So Secretary Purdue said this. He said, look, no matter where I go in the country right now, there's two things that consistently get brought up from ag people, ag producers. He said those two things are trade, which, of course, makes sense. But he also mentioned immigration, so we're going to touch on both of those tonight. I want to start, though, with this, because Secretary Purdue was kind of fun. He was sitting there on the round table. He goes, ah, you know what? Let's break some news today. So he, he broke some news on Saturday about extending the, the, you know, the tariff, the trade relief utilization program that's been helping farmers out during these tough, tough times. Uh, because, as many of you know, some of these still have got crops in the ground from 2018. So here's what Secretary Purdue said on Saturday. These guys have been tremendous advocates, and we got some out there. Secretary. And uh, we are going to make some news this morning, based on their advocacy and what we've heard. We will issue a press release on Monday, extending the deadline to May 17th. So uh, that's based on these guys right here. So. so as you can see there, that was a big relief for a lot of uh, ag producers. He did go on to say, though, he goes, "Hey guys, look." You know, we put this program in place for 2018. Do not count on some sort of trade relief program in 2019. Look where the markets are, plant based on where they're at right now. So just so you obviously aware of that. I want to share this with you as well because, you know, you think about President Trump. The guy's from New York. He's been in real estate, but he really has this incredible connection with the heartland, with ag producers. And so this is how Secretary Purdue actually started the roundtable off. And I just think this is a great story about they were in the Oval Office. I think it was the vice premier from China was there talking about the China trade deal. And here's Secretary Purdue, who was in the Oval with uh, that day, sharing a story about how much President Trump loves our farmers. The president looked at Lighthizer and Mnuchin and says, it sounds like y'all are doing okay on this technology thing, but he pointed his finger and said, but I want you to take care of my farmers. Yeah. Now that's what empowers me to do what these guys have talked about. That's real. I've never known, we were governor for eight years, I've never known an administration that had a heart for agriculture and farmers the way 
this guy does. And I don't understand it, having been born and raised and career in New York City. So obviously great to hear that. I mean, here's a guy who's been a governor for a long time saying I've never seen an administration that has a heart for ag people like this administration does, which is great, but also there was some tough conversation in this roundtable con uh, conversation because there's some tough times right now in Agline. You know, as we know, we had uh, Chairman Peterson on the show recently. He said, hey, Chris, if you think things are bad now, you ain't seen nothing yet because a lot of the prices are just... They've been dragging now for a lot longer than I think most people anticipated. So we're going to talk about some of that tonight. And I want to start with this. There's been a lot of conversation as of late. In fact, the Wall Street Journal today uh, put out a piece about the United States-Mexico-Canadian trade agreement, the USMCA. And when you find out what's happening behind the scenes with this trade agreement, it makes you sick to your stomach. And here's what I mean specifically. Here's President Trump. He was in... <laughs> I love this. They had the White House Correspondents' Dinner on Saturday, which, by the way, did any of you even know that? I mean, normally that's like this hot event. Nobody even knew what was going on because where was President Trump? He was with you and I. He's with the people in the heartland. He was in Green Bay on Saturday night. Uh, the USMCA, brought, he brought that up. Here's some of what he had to say. The USMCA, like the song YMCA, right? You remember? <laughs> USMCA. That's with Mexico and Canada. It's a great deal. And uh, it's going to be very, really good for manufacturers and really, really good for the farmers. That's what we want to do. So put a lot of pressure on your congressmen and your senators, because they have to ratify it. You know, they have to approve it. And frankly, with what you have today, maybe they'd rather have us have a loss then do something that's good for the country, right? See, that's what's so disturbing to me. Here's this, this trade program that could be great for ag, could be great for manufacturing, could be great for our nation, and yet the Democrats are playing political games because they don't want to give the Trump administration a win, especially in the heartland, which would help our farmers out, stay on President Trump's side, and potentially, obviously, reelect him in 2020, you know. The USMCA, you know, like the song YMCA, like how he registers those two, I think is just hysterical. And Governor Burgum said something on Saturday at the roundtable with Secretary Purdue. He brought up about the USMCA as well. And he was just got out, I think it was the National Governors Association meeting and, and talks about how, look, all 50 governors, Democrat, Republican, whoever, all 50 governors think the USMCA is great. Here's more of what Governor Burgum had to say. I say on USMCA, uh, there's policy and there's politics. We had a National Governor Association meeting with all the governors there. 50 out of 50 governors, USMCA is better than what they had under NAFTA. Try to get a letter out of the NGA to say, you know, we support this thing. All the Republican governors said, we want to send a letter to the administration saying, let's move this thing forward. Just like within, and in the governor ranks, we got governors and former governors that are either running, planning on running, are running things. So they will give a win to this administration when we've got something that's demonstrably better than what we had before. And so again, it's important for all of us just to keep, you know, putting the pressure on, talking about why it's better, because this is politics. It's not policy. This is better for every state in our nation. It's better for every category of industry to have that in place. That's right. And these. 
Just stunning to hear that, you know, from Governor Bergham saying, hey, 50 out of 50 governors say, yes, this is way better than NAFTA meeting the USMCA. And yet none of the Democrat governors would sign on to a letter to say, hey, this is good because, again, because of politics. So we're now going to put party before country, which I don't understand. So hopefully if you can continue to communicate maybe with Governor Walls and other governors out there and say, hey, look, get this thing done, your representatives, to get a good trade deal done for our farmers. Now, as many of you know, and as Chairman Peterson said recently, times are tough in ag land. And so there was some tough conversation as well at this roundtable. I want to share with you a little bit about what a representative from the North Dakota Farmers Union had to say. And just get your feedback on this. Listen to what this gentleman had to say. And we'd love to know your point of view. And if you feel he's given an accurate assessment of what's happening uh, in farm world right now or not, uh, this is a gentleman from the North Dakota Farmers Union. Thank you, Mr. Secretary, for coming down. We appreciate you visiting the state again. And I guess um, we're, we're to the point where I think we're going to need uh, uh, congressional aid as far as a disaster program because things are really, really getting bad. I've got some printed things I'll give you afterwards, but I wanted to bring up a few points. Um, in, a, in a year where our markets are down 50%, Fertilizers up 50%. Fuels up, steels up. Uh, protein premiums on, on, on my wheat are five cents. Used to be 50 cents to a dollar premium for, for protein. Now it's five cents from 14 to 17. It, it, it's unheard of. Uh, we have young farmers leaving. We, we finally got them back into farming with a few good years. A few of them told me one time, I don't know what you guys are complaining about all the time this farm and there's nothing to it. I said, stick around for a while. <laughs> they stuck around for a while, now they're gone. Um, they can't play the game no more. They have no equity to, us older guys, and us 60 year old guys, we've got some equity. We can hang on for a while. Those guys are all dead. They can't hang on to this. Right now, for me to put in a crop of wheat, it's $230 an acre. At 434, where my markets are right now, that's 170. <clears throat> Who, who can take a hit like that? We can hope that prices go up, but hope doesn't pay many bills. You can ask the banker and bring it back to hope how far it's going to So obviously we'd love to know your point of view on that. Do you feel like that's an accurate assessment right now, what's happening uh, with your farm in, in ag country? And uh, one other thing that did come up as well on Saturday was immigration. We've been talking a lot about, you know, uh, visas, seasonal ag workers to help obviously what's going on on your farm and so what's coming out this week jared kushner has been doing a lot of work on the hill trying to work out sort of a um, extensive uh, comprehensive immigration plan and so i asked secretary purdue because his office has been working with jared kushner and the administration trying to work out a great comprehensive immigration plan for ag and so i said hey what can you tell us about what your office has been doing and what are we going to see coming out in this plan <laughs> Secretary Purdue couldn't say much, but then uh, Senator Kramer kind of followed up. But here's what Secretary Purdue had to say. I can't tell you anything. <laughs> That's why the plans are going to be developed this week or announced this week. Certainly, uh, I can tell you that uh, the administration understands the need for a guest work, legal guest worker program across this country, and they're very engaged. There are several pillars, obviously, border security being number one, uh, the asylum issue, the refugee status, the chain migration, those kind of things have to be addressed, but the administration understands that a legal guest worker program is imperative for American agriculture if we're going to continue. Many people have said, and I agree, 
we're either going to import our labor or import our food at some point in time. You know, when we worry about numbers of, of immigrants, for example, I always say if we have a, if we have a merit-based system, the numbers don't really matter. If we need them, then we ought to welcome them. And I think that's the premise that my understanding, and I visited with Jared quite a bit about it, was that that's what they're working on. Whether it's, you know, whether it's H-2As, you know, farm, guest farm workers, or H-1Bs at Microsoft, if you need them, um, you know, we ought, to, we ought to have a system that's flexible enough to, to encourage it. And then so we'll see what comes out on the immigration plan this week. So after the roundtable, after that press conference, um, then Secretary Purdue and our delegation, they went out to what's called the Grand Farm Project. So one way to possibly mitigate these uh, ag seasonal worker issues that we are facing is this Grand Farm Project. I wish I would have had a chance to go out there, but essentially it's going to be an autonomous farm. They're going to use UAS or drones and AI and different things of that nature to really go from planting seeds to harvesting crops completely autonomous. At least that's my understanding of it. So should be fascinating to see what happens with that. And clearly that would uh, help mitigate some of the seasonal worker issues that we're facing here in the United States of America. Now, another win for ag is the fact that the state legislature, which just wrapped up late last week, fully funded our ag research program. So earlier today, I sat down with the chairman of the State Board of Ag Research and Education, Mr. Keith Peltier, to talk about what does this really mean for you at home? Keith, welcome back to Point of View. Some good news. Ag Research is fully funded this session. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, Ag Research fully funded. Let me just tell you what that means. Uh, you know, the, the ag, the main station is about $50 million a year. The research center is about 17 and an extension is about 26 million, total of 93. So we got, we got what we wanted on that part, a hold even budget plus the salary increase of a two by two and a half. So um, that was very much uh, welcomed and really needed because you know, any more cuts and the morale would probably have started suffering more than it already has. So. so we all know we're an ag state. We get that. But there's still people, I think, in the state that maybe are going, okay, so why is $93 million a good investment in ag research? What's it going to mean to me and my dinner table? Well, it's a great investment. You know, the, it, it needs cheaper food. You know, the, I told you before in this, on this show that uh, public spending in ag research has a return of 40% ROI, 40%. So, I mean, it's money very well spent. It's a great investment for the, for the state. One of the things that jumped out to me is I know this bill went over to the House and it didn't get maybe as much love as you would we think. We didn't get the, the love. In no, the we number didn't get one the ag state in the country. Why not? Well, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know, but I, I'd prefer to talk about the guys that really helped us on the Senate side. You know, the, they were rock stars. So particularly three gentlemen, Senator Wanzik, Terry Wanzik from Jamestown, Robert Erberly from Lear, and Larry Robinson from Valley City. They, they were just rock stars. They saw the value of that egg research provides to the, to the state and to the country, really, and what we've been returning and how much we've been cut. And so they really held the line with the house conferees. And we didn't get everything that we wanted to, certainly, but those gentlemen were just rock stars, and kudos to them because uh, they wouldn't have kind of held to their guns. We wouldn't have be as fortunate as we are. Good for them. And I guess what I'm curious about too is where is this money going to go? And I say that because just before we came to you, I spoke a little bit about, you know, over the weekend, Secretary Purdue was here and they went to this grand farm, which is going to be this fully autonomous farm 
eventually, uh, supposedly. So where is this money going to go? So part of this money, so, you know, generally that 50 million, the 27 million and the uh, 17 million, you know, that just kind of goes for operation and ongoing research. You know, there's just, uh, there's literally thousands of things we do. Some of the new things that we got were, um, number one, the agrobiome, which is a research. So that's, uh, you know, basically the biome or microbes. So microbes in the soil, microbes in uh, the crops, and microbes in the guts of animals. And there's just a tremendous amount of potential for improving all of those things, use and efficiency. In fact, to me, it's going to be the next big revolution from the traits. You know, we had the Roundup stuff. Yeah. And, and so the next thing, mark my words, is going to be... What do you mean specifically? What should we be looking for? Well, uh, for example, right now you can get, uh, if you have a certain, uh, you know, uh, microbe in corn, you can, get to, you can get it to nitrogen fix. In other words, use less nitrogen. And you can get it to use less phosphorus. So they're already doing some studies on that. You know, they show that maybe you need 40 pounds less wow. of fertilizer. So, you know, that's just the start. You know, they can improve on that. So I could lower my inputs and get maybe higher yep. outputs. Higher outputs, exactly And that's right. more profit, so we that's all win. Right. we all win. <laughs> Anything else you want to add, sir? Yeah, um, well, there's a couple other things. You know, extension, we, we were able to get uh, help for the counties. Um, you know, prior to this, last year, mm -hmm. we had to cut some of our support and shift it over to the counties. We were able to get that back again so we can kind of make the counties whole. That was good. We're updating our website so we can better able to communicate with uh, the younger farmers, guys like your age. <laughs> and thank you for saying that because, you know, when I hear you talk about the microbes and lowering input costs and whatnot, I mean, that's so important right now with the prices that we're seeing. And we're exactly hearing about right. some of these younger farmers kind of yeah. going, boy, what did I just walk into with some yeah. of these prices? So Yeah, so that we're being more friendly. You know, every, most guys operate off their phone and not much else. So some of, some of our web design was not... Uh, I don't say familiar, but not synchronized, so you could use it on your phone. Um, so we're doing right. that, so we can communicate. So they can use that their tweeter thing now. Yeah, there we go. They can tweet. <laughs> so can we? Yeah. Thank you, sir, for what you're doing. We always appreciate you helping out our farmers and our egg industry. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. you very much.